Welcome to Sustainably Speaking. I'm Joshua Baca. What if we could use materials over and over again so what we currently consider waste is forever changed? On today's episode, we'll be talking about advanced recycling. It's a family of technologies that transform used plastics to make virgin quality new plastics and other products while dramatically reducing plastic waste. A number of companies are focused on developing these sophisticated technologies on a commercial scale, creating a new and innovative manufacturing industry. These companies are at the forefront of intersecting capitalism and environmentalism, embodying what it means to do well by doing good. Agilex and Green Mantra Technologies are among the leading companies focused on using advanced recycling to give post-use plastic a new life. Joining me today is Bill Cooper, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Development at Agilex, and Dominic DeMondo, Chief Commercial Officer at Green Mantra. Dominic, you're a senior executive within Green Mantra, and Bill, you are a senior executive within Agilex and Cyclix. Can you help our listeners understand what these companies do and what's your mission? Yeah, maybe uh, I can start there first. So at Green Mantra, we are an advanced recycling technology, and what our focus is is taking challenging plastics, and we've developed a proprietary technology that really allows us to take that long molecule of a plastic and just make it selectively shorter. So we take that chain and we just, you know, make a few cuts in the chain to produce new materials, new molecules, in this case polymers, things like synthetic waxes. And these are actually additives that exist on the market today that are derived from fossil sources that we can now produce from waste plastics. And in being able to kind of redesign the molecule and create these new materials, we're producing additives that are driving value and, and solutions for other manufacturing industries. So we're a business-to-business manufacturer, and we're selling additives into road construction, roofing shingles, industrial plastic products. So it's going back into plastics. An example would be industrial drainage pipes, where other manufacturers use those additives that we've created to actually drive efficiency in their process or higher performance in their products. For us, We've been doing it for almost 10 years now, and we've been at a commercial scale for over five. So it really isn't pilot or early stage. You know, this is something we've been doing day in and day out for quite a while now. I'll address the Agilex question first and, and then Cyclex in terms of what the focuses of the companies are and what they do. Agilex has spent the last 16 years focused also on hard to recycle plastics, how to take the contaminated plastics the plastics that aren't typically considered recyclable and recycle them. The initial focus was taking a very broad range of mixed waste plastics and creating an oil that can be used for feedstock into various production methods. We have provided a huge amount of product into refineries for the production of transportation fuels, specifically jet fuel. And that mixed waste plastic platform that we developed over the first 10 years of the Agilex focus can also be used to produce feedstocks for polyethylene and polypropylene. We began about five years ago with a focus on plastic to plastic and have developed a pathway for looking at polystyrene. Uh, we currently have a 10 ton per day facility in Tigard, Oregon 
which is taking a very broad mix of post-consumer products, whether it's flower pots, packaging, meat trays, CD cases, coat hangers, cups, and we're breaking them back down to their monomer and sending a monomer-rich oil to our partner, America's Styrenics, who is including it in their production to purify it and make a truly recycled styrene monomer out of it. We are also utilizing our platform for other pathways. I mentioned acrylic earlier, but also working on PET and a pathway directly to uh, propylene. So our focus is broad. It's multiple pathways, multiple geographies, and developing plants with our Petrochem, for the most part, partners, and working with them to create these circular pathways for plastics and increase the recycling rates from 10 to 90%. That's our goal. Find 90% of plastic uh, that can be recycled and recycle that. So that ties into cyclics. As we started looking at hard to recycle plastics that aren't typically recyclable in the blue bin, so we put together strategies and we started aggregating this material and realized fairly soon that in order to do that efficiently, we had to support the whole industry, not just Agilex. So we have separated Cyclex from Agilex with the goal of forming a consortium that acts in a nonprofit way with cost transparency to provide feedstock streams to the whole advanced recycling industry, as well as augment material into mechanical recycling. Uh, so the PET bottles that come in a mixed waste stream, we're happy to separate those out and provide them to mechanical recycling to increase their rates. And the problematic materials that are left over, provide those in, in recipes that make sense for their offtake partners and the oil they need to produce to all of the companies currently focused on advanced recycling, both uh, in the U.S. as well as worldwide. The title of our podcast is called Sustainably Speaking, and every guest we've had on to date, uh, we always ask this sort of high-level question, and what does sustainability mean to you, and how is the work that you are doing contribute to sustainability goals overall? You know, when I think about sustainability, and just broadly speaking, it's, it's really creating behaviors that protect and support our environment, but really at the same time also improve the quality of life of the people across the globe. So it really is that combination of, of our environment, but also improving humanity, marrying the two together, and doing it in a way that, that's lasting. That's truly what sustainability is. And when we talk about plastics and, and waste streams, you know, since I've been in graduate school, that's really sparked my passion. You know, I worked on how to upgrade agricultural waste. And that, for me, just sparked the idea of waste being a resource and, and turning value into it and led me towards Green Mantra, where we're tackling that problem with challenging waste streams. And what about you, Bill? From my standpoint, uh, sustainability is a thought process and approach to how people interact with the products they use and interact with the environment for the good of the earth of the communities that they live in and the environment as a whole. Everything we touch doesn't need to be thrown out. Everything that we do should be thought of in the context of sustainability and the environment, the energy we use, the water we use, 
the packaging that we use, the plastics we use, how can we be aware of how to act in a sustainable way so the products that we use can be repurposed for reuse? And maybe a segue to that is when you think about sustainability, how has it led you all to your current roles in the companies you both work in today? And Bill, maybe you could kick us off on that one. Sure. I started a career out of college in investment banking, which most people would certainly not consider sustainability or environmentalism. I worked in New York for a number of years and then moved out to California, where I'm from originally. And I've always had a huge love of the outdoors, fostered by spending time in California and the Sierra and the Napa Valley and outside in the San Francisco Bay Area. So as I started working in California, I transitioned from kind of an industrial and then a technology focus to a clean tech focus, working with companies that were focused on solar, wind, clean water, and most importantly, waste to value. Did a lot of work with companies that were focused on taking part of the waste stream, separating that portion of the waste stream, and converting it into some higher value product. This led me to Agilex. I started following the company and joined them four years ago after spending 10 years focused on sustainability and clean tech in a role where I'm not providing a solution or a service to these companies that are having a big impact on sustainability and the environment, but being able to affect change within that company, uh, within their communities and within the environment. For me, it actually really started in graduate school. So, you know, I was doing my graduate studies in chemistry. At that time, I was actually working on a different waste stream. I was working on agricultural waste, and I was developing new chemical processes to actually turn agricultural waste into high-value materials. And just the process of doing that was so enlightening, and it really sparked a passion for me to want to work on problems where I could take my expertise, so my knowledge in chemistry, and actually apply it to have an immediate impact on improving the world around me. And that really led me to Green Mantra. I got to be a part of the founding team there. And really, there's a challenge with waste plastics. We have certain waste streams that, that aren't being recycled, as Bill mentioned, and we want to increase those rates. And for us, the, the tool to do that was through chemistry and applying new methods and new processes to take that carbon-rich material in plastic and can we create new materials from that. So it started with graduate studies for me and then just sparked me down a path that I'm, I feel very fortunate to be on today and just love what I do every day. So I want to get back to the topic of advanced recycling. And I think it's an important opportunity for both of you maybe to clarify both what advanced recycling is and what it isn't. And I'll maybe throw a question out here that I'd love for both of you to tackle. You often hear from those who either don't understand or might be detractors of advanced recycling say that this has been tried in the past and failed. How do you both respond to that question? Advanced recycling is an emerging industry. As with any emerging industry, there are attempts, there are failures, there are learnings from those failures, and there are improvements based on those learnings. And as industries evolve, as advanced recycling is, those learnings and those trials and those failures and subsequent successes lead to the success of an industry. The 
aggregation of those learnings has gotten the industry to a point where it is commercializing, where companies have developed successful processes that are economic and work at scale. And you see numerous examples of that in plants being developed here in the United States, in Europe, and worldwide. So yes, there have been failures within advanced recycling, and there will likely be more setbacks that the industry and the companies within it face. But we're at a time now where we can take plastics and we can recycle them at a much higher rate utilizing advanced recycling. And Dominic, let me help you build on that. Um, I was speaking to a stakeholder a few weeks ago, and I gave an example about Apple, a very innovative company. In the 1990s, they created a product called the Newton, and the Newton failed dramatically. But without the Newton, you wouldn't have an iPod, you wouldn't have an iPhone, you wouldn't have an iPad or an Apple Watch, and much of the technology that came from that. So, building off Bill's point a little bit, technology isn't static, and business businesses evolve from their learnings. So how is advanced recycling different today from maybe what has been done in the past? I think it's you know exactly what Bill mentioned, even the example you just presented with Apple. The industry as a whole, advanced recycling is young, especially when you compare it to other more established manufacturing industries that are you know hundreds of years old. And right now, advanced recycling is in a very iterative and optimization kind of landscape in, in the way technologies are operating. And so as we learn different approaches and different chemistries that we can take with plastics, as we get advancements in automation and new tools that we can use, we're seeing that the yield of products is increasing, the amount of energy required is being lowered, and we're getting to a place where I think, you know, if you compare where advanced recycling was even just 10 years ago, we've made incredible strides. And you're seeing so many new types of technology. So I think the important thing there is also Advanced recycling isn't one technology. It isn't one type of product that's coming out of treatment of waste plastic. It's a suite of different technologies at this point and different products, whether it's plastic building blocks, whether it's polymers and waxes, um, whether you're looking at fuel or, or energy. There are so many different types of materials that can be created, all of which are offsetting fossil resources. And really, we're now starting to see, as Bill mentioned, commercialization. You know, you've got Green Mantra, you have Agilex, others who've begun to commercialize and have commercialized for years at this point their technologies, but you have new ones coming on the market. And as we're commercializing, we're also not staying stagnant. We're continuing to optimize and refine what we do. So I think where we are today is very, very different from where we were five years ago, both as a company independently, Green Mantra, but even as an industry. And we're going to be light years ahead, five years, 10 years from now. So I think, you know, we're in that innovative, optimizing, iterating approach of the landscape. And so it's, it's easy to point to the one or, you know, the certain failures or the places that could have been done better. But at the same point, we need to be pointing to the areas where we have succeeded, we have improved, we have optimized, because um, there's lots of examples of that as well. Bill, and I think you want to chime in here. We are chemical companies. If I make a comparison to the chemical industry that has been around for decades, they have evolved over time 
where their feedstock streams are 99.9% pure, the products that they make are 99.9% pure, the technologies that they use have been employed for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and they're comfortable with it. It all works. But they did not get there without failure. On the advanced recycling side, we deal with something very different as a feedstock stream. It is not a homogeneous 99.9% .9 pure stream. There's a lot of variation. There's a lot of contamination. And one of the biggest challenges that advanced recycling has faced is how do you take a feedstock stream that is not pure, that has contaminants in it, and produce a consistent product? And that's where a lot of the failures over time have occurred. And that is where the successes now are occurring for the industry, being able to create those consistent products and purify them on the back end. So let's build on that really quickly, if you don't mind, Dominic. One follow-up question to that. I have heard advanced recycling referred to in the past as a pipe dream. But, Dominic, I think you mentioned that this is at a commercial scale, and, Bill, you have too. So can you elaborate on that, that we are maybe beyond the pilot phase and into the commercial scale? Yeah, maybe I can I can take that first. Like for us at, at Green Mantra, when we hear groups saying advanced recycling is still yet to be validated, you know, it's hard for me to even to hear that because we've been operating at a commercial scale for over five years now. So we have a manufacturing facility in Brantford, Ontario, and we've scaled. So it, it isn't a pipe dream. It, it is something that is now validated, has been de-risked. When we talk about the ability for Green Mantra to take waste streams like polyethylene films and fibers or polypropylene fibers and films and polystyrene foam, these are all streams that we can take and apply our advanced recycling technology at a commercial scale to produce different high-value polymers. So for us, we're still in now the path of optimizing and improving what we do. We're looking to grow past our first manufacturing facility into our next manufacturing sites across the globe. We see, especially in our industry and, and specific to Green Mantra, advanced recycling really being in that growth and innovation stage. What about for you, Bill? What advanced recycling has been able to do is develop processes that are relatively more efficient and able to compete economically at much smaller scales with a lower carbon footprint than the virgin production of those plastics or molecules in the first place. And that is a huge testament. And no, we're not building billion ton per day plants but we are building facilities that are commercial in scale and can compete economically with the virgin production of the same molecule. Hi, during this short break, I want to encourage you to visit americasplasticmakers.org and download our new policy vision for accelerating a circular economy for plastics. Leaders from across our industry are united to propose a federal path forward that will help move our nation towards a more sustainable future. Now back to the show. Let's uh, pivot a little bit here. And one of the topics that often comes up is maybe how advanced recycling operates from environmental standpoint. 
You both have talked about carbon footprints and energy consumption. What can you tell our listeners today to reassure them that both of your companies and the industry as a whole is, is working in the highest standards when it comes to advanced recycling from an environmental perspective? So for us, our process and, and the chemistry behind it, when we look at the environmental standpoint, you know, one key thing is mass balance. So really understanding that mass balance is, is very core to what we do because in our mind, it's also core to doing something that has an environmental positive output. So what do I mean by that? You know, for every pound of, of waste plastic you're putting in, what's the yield of, of product coming out? And when we look at what we've developed at Green Mantra, for every pound going in, on average, 95% of that coming out is into our specialty polymers. And then that remaining mass balance is also usable high-value hydrocarbon products. So we're almost at 100% mass balance of usable products coming out of our process. So that's one important factor to us that's core to both the environmental component of what we do, but also from a business standpoint. You have to look at the economics, the ability to maximize yield you know, you maximize your economics. And I think that's also important is the, the terms economic viability and sustainability are not mutually exclusive. You can do both well together. So that's for, for what we're doing. And then on top of that, as I mentioned, the products we're producing, these specialty polymers, these synthetic waxes, are offsetting other fossil-based additives on the market. And we've been able to show that we have a substantial reduction in the CO2 footprint of those additives when they're being offset with our products. And we're actually just in the midst of completing an LCA there where I'll be excited to present some of the detailed data that we're seeing. And, and it is some great numbers in that, that offset. It has also been a large focus for Agilex and for our customers as well as what is the carbon profile of your process and how does it compare to virgin production? Or how does it compare to other disposal options for plastics? And LCAs can be challenging because there's so many different variables and what do you compare them to? And the variables range from your mix of renewable energy to fossil energy that you use to operate your facilities. But we recently participated in a LCA study in Europe with Styrenix Circular Solutions, which is a industry organization in Europe focused on, on styrene, recycling polystyrene in particular. And they found that our process had a 75% lower CO2 emissions in comparison to the virgin production of polystyrene and its disposal through incineration. Without disposal through incineration, the the footprint is lower, but it's usually between 40 and 70%, 40 and 80% lower than virgin production. So there's a huge benefit, not just to creating these circular pathways, but there's a sustainability and an environmental benefit to be able to produce equivalent products with much lower carbon footprint. So we're, we're very excited about that. We are doing also LCA studies on different pathways as, as well as pathways here in the U.S. and look forward to sharing that data as well. One other thing that I think is important is also on the environmental side, looking at the lifespan of the products that are being produced out of advanced recycling. So normally the inputs going into an advanced recycler, when we talk about some of the more challenging plastics to recycle, have been products that only had a lifespan of an average maybe of six months before they were disposed of. 
And when we look at the products we're producing at Green Mansion and these polymer additives, they're going into products like paving, roofing, or a plastic drainage pipe where they're going to be in that product for 10, 20, 50 years before they get into their next circular opportunity. And that ability to extend the lifespan of the resource is also important on top of the, the fact that these are also all circular outlets as well. Last episode, we had uh, Peter Huntsman, who is the CEO of Huntsman Corporation, and he talked about how Huntsman revolutionized the use of polystyrene and food containers and were instrumental in helping companies like McDonald's with their food container packaging several decades ago. Both of you have touched on a topic about difficult or complex plastics to recycle. And Bill, you in particular mentioned the issue of polystyrene. To build upon that, I was reading an article uh, about advanced recycling and the work happening, and it mentioned that polystyrene will be one of the world's most recyclable materials because of breakthroughs in advanced recycling. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and the work happening there? Agilex started focusing on circular pathways for plastics five or six years ago. We identified polystyrene as a plastic that has the fairly unique ability in a major polymer to break back down to its core building blocks. So we can create very direct pathways for polystyrene where we take that polymer, we break it down to the building blocks, to the monomers, you can purify that because there are other contaminants in, in the oils based on the contaminants in the feedstock. And then you can create 100% recycled polymer from the monomer. So it is a fully circular loop, which gives polystyrene a unique ability to create a very direct circular pathway for recycling and, and differentiate it from other polymers in that regard. Maybe a, a follow-up question to both comments you made. What is the difference between advanced recycling and incineration? So we get that comparison a lot because Agilex is a pyrolysis technology, and it utilizes heat, and people associate heat with incineration or combustion. But there's no oxygen in our process. So there is no combustion, there is no incineration. What we do is break down the solid to a gas and then convert it back to a liquid. When you incinerate something, you utilize oxygen to create combustion and you harness the heat that comes off that process. With pyrolysis, all we're doing is applying heat to break down the bonds that hold the polymer together and then quench that gas back into a liquid. There really is no comparison to incineration because there's no oxygen. And is it fair to say that and when you incinerate a product, that signals the end of life for that product, per se? And with advanced recycling, you're given a product like polystyrene new life as new products. Very much so, yes. Dominic, anything you want to add to that? I think if people want to really simplify it to a high level, incineration is about taking a solid and turning it into a gas, and it's essentially staying as a gas where it gets used as an energy source. Advanced recycling, when you look at you know the different categories, there's some technologies that take the solid of a plastic, turn it to a liquid, and then back to a solid. That's what we're doing at Green Mantra. 
producing polymers. So we're working in the liquid phase. And then when we look at pyrolysis, it's a solid to a gas back to a liquid. But those are all products that are then being used again, whereas incineration is really going directly to end of life, going to an energy source and, and just marginally extending the value of the resource. As we kind of put these pieces together, let's talk a little bit about a circular economy. To help our listeners understand this, what role does advanced recycling play in a circular economy? So maybe I can start there. When we look at a circular economy, the goal there is to reduce waste from entering our environment, but also to reduce the dependency of fossil sources from entering the economy. Try to keep the carbon you have in place as long as you can. And there isn't going to be one silver bullet solution of technology to keep all that carbon kind of moving in the economy. And you need multiple solutions, multiple pathways for that to, to flow. And kind of advanced recycling creates a, a new pathway. And what I would add when we talk about, you know, the circular economy and circular solutions, let's not limit ourselves to just thinking of it in two dimensions, where if a product was X, when we put it through the circular economy, it has to end up being X again. That's a great path. We want to go plastic to plastic. But Green Mantra, we like to think of the circular economy as, as bridging circuits, where you could be taking the plastic, like we're doing this, and creating new materials. But those materials offset other materials derived from fossil sources. So it is truly a more two-dimensional sphere where you're bridging circles into other products and, and keeping carbon in the economy as long as possible. Bill, anything you want to add to that? Yes. As Dominic mentioned earlier, plastic is hydrocarbon. And you can source hydrocarbon from the traditional process of oil, crude oil coming out of the ground, or you can source hydrocarbon from the surface, from plastics. As advanced recycling continues to evolve as an industry, more of that hydrocarbon that is sitting on the surface will be utilized to create new products, whether it's plastic or a different product. But that carbon will remain a durable carbon in the products that are being produced. And in doing so, you create a circle because you can take the plastic that has been produced, you can process it through various advanced or mechanical recycling technologies and produce new products that can then be recycled. And one of the advantages of advanced recycling is that it can create products and materials that can be used for the original purpose. It can go back to food contact. It can go back to pharma grade. It can go back to anything that those products were used for in the first place. Truly creating circles that can keep being rotated over and over again, creating truly infinite products as you take that hydrocarbon stream and you keep repurposing it instead of sourcing the hydrocarbon from the ground. Two final questions, and first question for both of you. If you were sitting in a room today with a lawmaker or a policymaker, what would you ask them? What would be your advice on the role that public policy can play in further accelerating the circular economy and ensuring that advanced recycling is a key component of that? I think I would start by pointing out the value of plastics in society today. There is a tendency to put a stake in the ground and look forward only and say plastics are bad, we have to get rid of them. 
the benefit of plastics and the benefit that they have contributed to society over the last 50 years is enormous. One of the biggest contributors to fuel efficiency outside of the emergence of electric vehicles is lightweighting of automobiles, which is achieved by plastics. The advances in food shelf life and stability, especially of proteins of meats and cheeses and things like that, is enabled by plastics. So to get rid of plastics is not realistic. We can reduce our plastics that we use, but where lawmakers should focus is, is how do you, one, encourage the evolution of technologies and processes to better deal with plastics, both on the aggregation side as well as the conversion side. So they can be gathered and then they can be converted back into new products. The other thing where I think people really need to focus, lawmakers as well as consumers and companies, is education. Understand what's possible. Have an open mind. Give these new technologies a chance. Don't pick winners and losers through legislation, but enable the best solutions, enable the use of post-use plastics as well as new plastics to be used for their highest and best use. That's excellent. And Dominic, what would you want to add to that? I would just say, is when you're thinking of on the, on the government side, clearly define the problem, clearly define the target, but don't limit the potential solutions to reduce our environmental footprint. So we need to pick the best materials for certain products and packaging. Let's determine. That could be plastic, that could be glass, that could be metal, that could be paper. But there's a variety of different evaluations that we need to go through and, and let industry find the best solution that meets the target that solves the problem, but don't limit the potential solutions that could be applied. I know I said two more uh, questions, but I actually really only have two more questions now. What is your message to consumer brand companies who have made commitments, you know, 400 companies or more, global iconic companies have made commitments to use more recycled content or more recycled plastic in their packaging. What would you tell them about advanced recycling right now and how you can help them meet those goals? And Dominic, maybe you kick that one off. What I would tell them is you have to look at advanced recycling as another opportunity to meet those mandates and to increase the recycled content within your products. It may not be through the most traditional pathway that you're used to, or you know, a plastic product being remelted and, and reformed. It might be coming through a monomer that's being used to produce new plastic, through an additive that's going into the formulation, or through other pathways, purification that's creating new raw material. So I think I would you know, tell these CPGs that advanced recycling is at a stage to really contribute to hitting these mandates, um, but it's going to be through uh, a pathway that may be different than what they're used to. And Bill? As brands and CPG companies look for more recycled content and look to protect their image by asking for solutions to recycle the products and the packaging that they make instead of having it end up in the environment or the landfill or incineration. They have to look to participate within the whole value chain of plastics, not just look upstream to the converter or the resin producer and say, I need more recycled content, go find a solution. 
but also to participate in the aggregation downstream, to understand that as they produce those products, they can impact the amount of recycled material available by helping to aggregate waste and post-use plastic on the back end as well and affect these circular pathways by participating in all steps of the value chain. I think it's pretty safe to say that both Dominic and Bill, you both are playing a critical role in paving the way for a, an entirely new industry. And in the result of that is going to require a, a new generation of leaders who focus on innovation. What advice do you all have for uh, young professionals when it comes to the work you're doing, whether it's in sustainability or circularity, you know, or the broader chemical industry as a whole? What advice do you have for young professionals about the future of this industry? Whether I'm speaking to a young professional or I'm speaking to someone who's been in the packaging or been in the, the recycling industry or, you know, really any industry that, that relates to, to plastics, people tend to find it difficult to see waste as a resource that they can use to solve a problem that they have within their process, their product, or their technology. But waste is a subjective concept. Something is considered waste only when an individual or a group feels the material doesn't have value anymore. And that's very different than it objectively having no value. The carbon, the other resources in plastic, they don't, they don't cease to exist when we throw it out. And recycling, when it's done right, is really about assigning value to waste, you know, no matter what the material. And when we assign value, there's going to be greater care with the material. And the greater the value, the more care. Advanced recycling is really about maximizing the value that we can attribute to plastic waste. Bill, bring us home. I'd say there are huge opportunities within advanced recycling and recycling in general, sustainability, opportunities that have significant and meaningful environmental impact. And if that is something that a young professional is passionate about, pursue it. Lead by example, not just in the work that you're doing, but the actions that you're taking. Educate others. One of the biggest challenges in plastic recycling in general is education. And the earlier that education starts, if we can educate the grammar school kids and the high school kids, the college students, and let them understand what's available, what the potential is for plastics, let them get passionate about it, get excited about it so they can lead by example, both in what they do on a daily basis, but also in the careers that they choose and the paths that they take. There's huge opportunity out there. And with that, I want to thank both of you for your time. Thank you for um, providing some fantastic insight to our listeners today. This is a topic I know I could dive into for a couple of hours, but I think you all both provided some excellent insights, some feedback, and some counsel. And uh, we thank you again for your time. Great. Thank you, Joshua. Dominic, always a pleasure. Good to see you again. You too. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustainably Speaking. And thank you to Dominic and Bill for joining us. I hope you'll consider sharing your thoughts on today's episode by leaving us a rating or review wherever you get your podcast. You can also reach us directly at sustainably speaking at americasplasticmakers.org. Together, we can change our perspective, our behavior, and the world. I look forward to sustainably speaking again soon.